Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Hope your Monday's off to a great start. That was a new track from Claro off her album Immunity. We'll listen to that a little later on. That was uh, called Bags. Got a really packed show this morning. Very excited. Kicking off the show is Mary Jane Black, and she's released her debut work, She Rode a Harley, My Kind of Woman. And she's joining us right now. Good morning. Good morning. I I was so um, captured by the title of your book. She wrote a Harley, a memoir of love and motorcycles, and I thought, "Ooh, I want to have her on." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, the book that title came from Brooke Warner at U.S. Press, and it was a line in a song. It originally started out as "Kick-Ass Harley." So, oh, okay. <laughs> That's your next book. <laughs> That's my next book. There you go. So, uh, lots to talk about. I I want to know. Um, well, let me back up. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And uh, the, one of the reasons I also wanted to have you on the show is because I'm always intrigued by how people overcome very difficult times in their lives. And they spin it and they take p- the pain and everything else and the lessons into something wonderful. And you did just that. Well, thank you. It certainly was a work of love. So tell me about, um, because I know you escaped an abusive marriage, and you've got some possible advice for people. Well, yes, I think my advice is that what I learned from that escape, and it was after 23 years of an abusive marriage, was that you never know what's waiting on the other side of the door, because I know I thought life was over, and I'd certainly been told I was worthless for 23 years, but when I actually walked out the door, I found Dwayne and Harley's and life again. And so I think my advice to people is don't assume life is over because there's always something waiting that you don't expect. And sometimes the really scary big changes that you feel like you have to make are the best ones. Oh, absolutely. And that was a carefully planned out and executed escape. I had been embezzling money with uh, grocery money for years and to save because you do have to pay rent for an apartment and get a utilities and stuff, so I've been planning probably pretty religiously for two to three years to have the money, and my mother rented the U-Haul in, in secret, so it was, a, it was a carefully executed escape. Amazing, you had your, your mother in cahoots, I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, and we had been separated for many years, we'd been estranged for 15 years, and she just kind of moved back in the area, and we had reconnected, so it was, it was perfect in many ways for us. Now, how did you gravitate towards motorcycles? Well, my husband, Dwayne, got his first Harley when he was 13, mm-hmm. and so he had been riding Harleys, you know, for 35, 40 years, at, certainly, at that time, and had rode many of them, had actually rode with a few outlaw biker gangs when he was young, and, but had stopped riding when he was 82, when his daughter was born, because his wife at the time thought it was pretty low class to ride a motorcycle. And so he's uh-huh. attempted some respectability himself, and, and I sort of put him back in Harley's, and he certainly put me on Harley's. It's a way to heal for both of us. Absolutely. What did it feel like when you got on your first Harley? It was an amazing experience. I uh, told someone that I rode behind Dwayne on our shovelhead, and the story is in the book, for several years and loved it back there. But I really wanted to ride on my own. Mm-hmm. And I told someone, I'm famous for kind of getting in a, a kind of, in the spit and going kind of feisty. And I went, you know what? I don't want to wait for someone to take me somewhere on a motorcycle. I want to go on the motorcycle and I want to go on a motorcycle. Okay. And so my husband always worked on Saturdays because he worked at Harley shops. So I wanted to take those Saturday rides. And so we agreed I would take motorcycle lessons at the community college. 
We did both also agree he would not be the one to teach me to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I was a little too stubborn for that. And so I took that class, and he told me that there were two kinds of people who get on two wheels. The ones who, who do it and go fast and go, oh, God, never again, and the ones who go, woohoo, let's do it again. And I certainly was in that later group. After I got my license, I, I loved it and loved everything about it. I love it. Now, you mentioned a shovel head. For those who don't know, what is that exactly? A shovel head is, what well, ours was in 1980, but it's that sort of era of, sho- of Harleys, and that is, describes the engine. The mm-hmm. top of the D-twin engine looks like an overturned shovel blade. There was one called Panhead, which looked like a cake pan. So they described the motors, those terms. Mm-hmm. Now, your first time on the bike, what was that feeling like for you? Well, and certainly I was, I had been riding a Honda Shadow for about five or six six months after I got my license, but it didn't go very far without running out of gas. It didn't have much power, and my husband asked me if I would trust him to find my first Harley because he had some definite opinions of what he thought would be best for me to ride, and I said yes. And when he brought it home, it, I saw it. It was a Mountain View Police Road King, so it was much larger than I expected, but I do describe this feeling as that when I got on it, I was just going to ride to the parking lot at the school across the street. Okay. And as I sort of leaned into the driveway, I went, oh, that's how motorcycles are supposed to lean. Mm-hmm. The motor in the large Harley is set slower in the frame, so it's really well balanced. So I loved it. We danced through the parking lot together. It, it responded to my every move, and so I was hooked at that moment for sure. Was there a part of your personality that was kind of fearless, you know, before you even were introduced to motorcycles? Like, or was it something that you felt like you wanted to conquer the fear? Well, it was some of both. I think mm-hmm. I learned that I probably was always fearless, and the fact that I survived that 23 years probably shows that I had more grit than I believed I did. Oh, yeah. And also, I, I grew that sort of, I was supported by a husband who thought I should and could do anything I wanted to and certainly could ride a big Harley. So that sense of confidence was contagious. And so I became more of a thrill seeker and a little bit of a rebel just from the motorcycles. I love it. Now, how did you meet Dwayne, your second husband? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it was a blind date at Chili's on May 20th. Oh. A, girl, a lady who taught next door to me, we were co-teachers. Her husband worked at a, a uh, research equipment company in Texas, and Dwayne was his sort of the man who made his machines. He designed the machines for equipment work. And he was in town, and she was the kind of woman who believed in Emily Post etiquette that a sin- single man must have a dinner companion. I'm the only one without a date, and so it was a blind date. Oh, <laughs> and you hit it off right away? Yeah, it was It was a tough in the beginning. I think we were both pretty frightened by the experience because we obviously didn't believe in love at first sight or all those kind of jazzy things. Yes. But it, absolutely, it was like coming home. We, we just oh, knew each other instantly. That's so nice. But then uh, things took a turn for you because Dwayne's health was an issue. Yeah, uh, we were married... 13 years, we were magnificently happy. 13 years, we rode together. We were, we were partners. We were step-parents together. Uh, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2009. Oh, so sorry. And so what was that like for you? Because here, you know, he had given you this whole new chapter of love you had never experienced. Well, it was actually, it was a... It was a difficult time as anyone who's went through that with it. I may had made some decisions prior to that because I was a high school principal in a really intense job. I had spent a lot of time kind of away from him, Harley's, and I had made 
the decision to give that job up, and I took a lesser job. So we sort of reconnected, and now after his diagnosis and you know, and later his death, I was glad I made that decision because yeah. if I'd made a different decision, this would have been even tougher than it was. It was tough, but I had made we had made the decision to come back together as a team again. So we fought the cancer as a team. That's great. Don't you do you believe, Mary Jane, that people come into your life to bring maybe a gift, a strength, something? Oh, absolutely. Dwayne was the perfect time for me to find someone like that. Mm-hmm. And we used to talk sometimes about how what would it have been like if I'd met him earlier, he'd met me and we could have avoided some of the the terrors and the difficulties. We pretty much agreed that we met each other at the exact right time. Right. He might not have been ready and I might not have been ready earlier. So Yeah. The universe sort of arranged it at the perfect time when we needed someone. I agree. Now, I want to share with the listeners, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Mary Jane Black about her book, She Wrote a Harley, A Memoir of Love and Motorcycles. You studied English and journalism as an undergrad, and you went on to pursue a master's in English with a concentration in creative writing. Uh, Yes. You were teaching writing and literature at the high school level for 14 years. And uh, what made you decide to finally write your book? Uh, well, uh, I certainly knew after Dwayne's death that I thought we had a remarkable story. And, you know, the writing of Harley was certainly the heart of the story. But I had, right after his death, a really difficult time just writing anything. I'd always been a writer. And so I went to a memoir workshop with Joyce Maynard in January 2014, and it's at Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. And Joyce gave me the advice to stop trying to write about the cancer and write about the joy. So I wrote the happiest story that Dwayne and I had, which was rebuilding that show that Harley we talked about. And when I read it the next day, all the women in the audience kind of cried, and they loved Dwayne, and I thought, that's it, that's my start. Oh, I love that. I also love that you got up there and you shared it with everybody, because sometimes people are very guarded. It was, it is, that's, the writing circle is, you know, 14 or 15 women, it's a really strong group, and we listed each other. Everyone there has story and usually a sad one so it was certainly a comforting group and they were very supportive and you know and we we drank a rum toast to Dwayne at the end and it certainly was from that point on I began working hard on the memoir that's fantastic where can people find out more about you you can go to my website at maryjaneblack.com there's a contact form there if you want to contact me you can start to order my book there and there's actually a photo album if you would like to see me and Dwayne and our Harleys. Oh, that's so nice. Any advice for people that want to, you know, get involved in writing and they're kind of hesitant? Well, I think there's a sort of a myth around writing that we write in towers and we just, you know, write for hours at a time. And certainly that's a part of it. I'm an introvert by nature. Yes. But I always, my writing teacher part always wants to say to people you need to join writers groups you need to go to writers conferences it is a craft it's a discipline and you really do need to sort of make yourself aware of what's your best way to tell your story it's too many times i see writers who just write everything that ever happened to them whatever they may felt and they don't understand the structure of a story because you're not writing for yourself you're writing for a possible reader and so that craft and discipline is important to kind of immerse yourself in that yes now, do you still ride a Harley? I do not. Uh, when Dwayne got too ill for the routines of riding a Harley in 2010, we sold both of ours. I insisted I couldn't ride without him. Mm-hmm. I certainly will describe in the book how I went back and test rode and several Harleys and went back on the road king and found that I could do it. 
It was the writing solo that I wasn't quite ready for yet, but I will always sort of have that by her heart. I love it. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Congratulations on your book. I've really enjoyed talking about this. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for talking to me. My pleasure. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye. We've been speaking with Mary Jane Black about her debut novel. She wrote a Harley, a memoir of love and motorcycles. And if you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I want to mention I'm on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM. We're on Facebook, KUCI 88.9, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. And if you're not familiar with all of our shows, we have a great mix of public affairs and music shows. Uh, here's the website, KUCI.org. And you can listen to us online at any time, 24-7. Again, KUCI.org. We're going to take a little break, listen to one more song by Claro. And then I have several more guests calling in. Up next, I'm going to have author Diane Romaine, and we're going to talk about her book, The Trumpet Lesson. And I think she might even play her trumpet on the show, which would be super cool. So you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.